Have you ever had a session with a practitioner who just couldn't be bothered to get to the heart of the matter with you? Or have you had your concerns be completely dismissed by a health professional? Yeah, well, it's frustrating to say the least. And it's extremely common in so many industries. In this episode, myself, Vicky, and Joe talk about the current state of operations under pathogenesis, this problem-focused paradigm. One where all focus seems to be on what is quote-unquote wrong with us, the never-ending hamster wheel of healing and self-improvement, and how this way of operating actually doesn't really get anyone anywhere. You'll also discover through listening the antidote to pathogenesis, which is salutogenesis, and how it goes above and beyond a holistic outlook into the depths of what it really means to thrive as a whole and sovereign being. We also discuss other unconscious and cognitive biases and how that affects our behavior and our interactions with others. Also what we can do to become better aware of these biases and how to create more flexibility in one, our behavior, but also our nervous system and our emotions and our beliefs. You'll definitely want to tune into this episode, whether you're a practitioner of like any kind or just curious about the future of the coaching and wellness industries. I want to share before we even begin with this topic that this is a prioritized teaching within the core method that we teach our transformational arts practitioners. It's really important and you're going to learn why. So stick around. We're going to jam for the next half hour uh, on why it's so damn important to expect people to be responsible for their own experience, to have some level of emotional intelligence and self-agency, sovereignty. I think it's at the end of the day, the umbrella of this topic is to trust people to be sovereign in their own right. So we're going to chunk it down now and distill the conversation into what are you referring to, Vicky? And the two pillars that we're going to talk about right now are what is pathogenesis versus salutogenesis? And Joe is a, in my mind, an expert on these um, on these topics, discerning the difference of them. And I'm going to be asking you, Joe, all the questions about what is this and why is it so damn important? You good? Yeah, I'm ready. We've been talking about this for like such a long time. <laughs> it's been like a year at least. Exactly. So let's roll. What is, first of all, define pathogenesis and salutogenesis for us whilst differentiating them at the same time? What are these terms? Yeah, so pathogenesis is essentially, it stems from this focus of dysfunction Um and how it develops or disease and how disease develops. And it's, it's, it's essentially problem focused, right? The, the question that pathogenesis asks is what's wrong with you versus salutogenesis, which is really the genuine meaning of like being holistic, right? Because we're looking at all the parts, all the pieces, all the different areas. And, and we're, we're not, believing that anything exists in a vacuum, right? Something in this area of life will affect us in in all other areas of life. And so looking through that, through that lens, it's, it's more, 
we're asking the question, what is supporting you to thrive basically? And we're, we're not avoiding problems. That's not what this is about. It's not the avoidance of things or the absence of dysfunction. It's really just about how can we get you from where you are right now to where you would like to be, right? Whether, you know, in, in, in your fortitude, in your mental strength, your physical strength, your emotional strength and intelligence. And so it's just genuinely um, helping us to learn about ourselves, our internal world. And so the way I like to kind of describe it is like with, with pathogens, I mean, of course, there's going to be times where it's necessary, right? Like if you, you know, bash your arm and it's bleeding and you need stitches, like, yeah, pathogenesis is good, is, is the key, right? Cause it's like, what's going on? What's wrong? All right. We're going to, we're going to do stitches. You're all good. But when that's the view always, because that's really the underlying thing of pathogenesis is once I've addressed this problem, it's, I'm considering it fixed. You're fixed. Yeah. You're done. It's not broken anymore. Continue on. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you can see that there's ways where that is the correct approach and ways where it absolutely isn't. So it sort of woven throughout so many different industries it's not just coaching it's not just health care um, and those types of practitioners it's it's throughout you know like law give another, yeah give us another example of the <laughs> another example of pathogenesis played out in an industry that's not necessarily health care mm, good good question I'm trying to think of exactly how I can define this. And this could go a multitude of ways, but like, for example, with, with, um, legalities of things, right. We have laws and there's federal laws and there's state laws and blah, blah, blah. So when, but burden of proof comes into all of this, it's a little bit of a different story, but the idea really is we're only going to look at this. This is, this is the key thing we're looking at right here. This situation where, wherein we, you are perceived to have broken a law. Um, and that's what we're going to focus on. Like I said, like, of course, like I said, burden of proof kind of comes into that. I'm not a lawyer, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, I know enough um, to, to sort of at least give that that much of an example. But it, it is, it can be really focused on the problem versus the solution what about in the coaching industry give us an example there industry yeah for sure so I think the biggest one that I often see is is really all about this sort of idea that that and not always necessarily like oh I'm the guru of blah 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 but there's a lot of focus on well this is, you know, this type of response, this is a trauma response, and this is a, you know, a scarcity mindset, and this is, you know, we're, we're, we're putting all these labels on these different behaviors, and there is a modicum of truth to some of this, but, like, it's also sort of assuming that everyone is traumatized, that everyone is dysfunctional, that, right, just based on these little 
behaviors or, or these things that we might do that maybe don't correlate to this dysfunction or that trauma response. So there's, there's nuance to all of it, but, um, but, you know, or, or cherry picking certain things where we're just looking at, you know, the law of attraction, for example, because that's a big one, right. Where we're like, well, if you just did this and this and this and this, right. And it's like, well, okay. Anyway, (laughs) just transmute your limiting beliefs. Right. And just think the positive thoughts and imagine having those experiences and emotions that give you the circumstance that you're dreaming of. If we just focus on that, then that'll fix the problem. Right. Yeah. Or that it's only a mindset thing or that's that it's only emotional thing. So when we're only looking at one part of the issue, like without looking at all of it, that's where I think we're on a slippery slope. So the holistic approach could be another term for the salutogenic um, approach, correct? Yeah. Okay. So if we were viewing the healthcare coaching legal industries through pathogenesis, you've given those examples, helps us to understand it more. What if we approach it through the lens of salutogenesis? What does it look like instead? And why is that preferable? So at that point, it looks like, I mean, that we're, we're helping people to advocate for themselves. I mean, that's distilled. That's really what it comes down to. So whether we're, you know, I, I, what, what I see coming back to, to just for a second, like another bit of the pathogenesis sort of thread is this sort of like infantilized and feebled like oh I have to be so fragile with you and everyone has to be fragile with you because you're and right like that doesn't help people trigger warning I'm about to say something that might accidentally trigger you and I don't mean to sorry (laughs) right and it's like well why are we assuming that on anybody that's not okay either (laughs) what if I'm responsible for my own responses and reactions what if I have enough emotional mental strength to see that thread or post or statement and identify if it's going to trigger me or not that's my responsibility right as far as I'm concerned and if and I'm gonna go off on a tangent it's a little bit of a soapbox here I distrust people who share trigger warnings first I'm like what so you don't trust me to receive this information with emotional mental intelligence are you serious I don't even want to know what you're writing right now (laughs) if you're already approaching me as your reader with that I'm going to go and read someone else who's not so afraid to speak to things content creators who trust me to be responsible for my own response Mm -hmm. or reaction because what if I do get quote-unquote triggered by something yeah that's on me Right. It is our responsibility. And, and that kind of is is where salutogenesis comes in of like, I'm not going to baby you. I'm not going to infantilize you or treat you like you're, you know, broken or damaged or dysfunctional. I'm I'm like a human being. And you're going to see me as being um, capable of being my own advocate, capable of keeping myself safe. Uh, you're going to trust me to know what I'm doing. 
and what I'm reading and how to keep myself regulated or if I feel dysregulated you're going to have faith in me and trust me to be able to manage that right right and and that's another kind of situation too of like in particular around coaching or 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 even um other um practitioners in in the healthcare industry as well because by the way, I just want to, I just want to preface this with just because you have a degree or those three letters after your name does not exempt you from this conversation. Like they're the, the professionals, so to speak, are doing harm as well. Um, and so I think it's, a, it's, it's an important conversation to have. Um, so, so ludogenesis requires us as well to like discover the root cause of things, right? So let me give you an, an odd medical example, but it's the best one I can kind of think of. Like you have high blood pressure, right? Your doctor's probably going to prescribe you uh, whatever. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they prescribe for high blood pressure pills. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What, I don't know any like brands, but, but right. They're going to prescribe you one or more medications. Um, but they're not going to figure out, well, why, why is your blood pressure so high? What, where's, where's that coming from? Right. There's no incentive for them to do that. And so with, with salutogenesis though, we're, we're like, okay, so this is, this is what's going on. Here's the options that, that are clear right now. And while you pick one of those, we're also going to be working on figuring out where this mm. actually stems from so that we can put you on a path of, um, you know, being congruent and, and in whatever way that looks like. Um, and I know that's a healthy example, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And we also know that there's integrative medicine, just like there's integrated coaching where the holistic view is a primary um, lens that they view things from. So there are practitioners who are viewing things from that lens. So I wanted to like clarify, Joe's not talking about all healthcare practitioners, yeah. right? <laughs> Would just prescribe you. There is an integrated approach, integrated medicine, where we look at all the reasons for something playing out. Yeah. For the purpose of let's help you to thrive. Yeah. Let's prevent the high blood pressure or the... Um, reaction or that not that you want to like strive to prevent dysregulation or incoherence because we are human and that is going to be a part of it however in having those conversations whether we are having them for ourselves or with friends family professionals we start to gather tools on how to co-regulate with all of those systems in our body to trust ourselves to be able to come back to our home frequency, our, um, our natural equalized state of being. Salutogenesis, I didn't even know the term before I met you, Joe. It is probably what I would have termed integrative or holistic approach in the past. Yet it's more than that, isn't it? It is. And like, and it's interesting because you're right. Like there are definitely practitioners who that is their approach. Like the holistic approach is their approach. Um, 
but I feel they're, they're well, at least, at least where, where I've been, um, and where I've lived, um, and what I saw in my 10 years working, working in healthcare, like they're not mainstream. Um, a lot of times they're not covered by insurance. So you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's just funny. Um, but yeah, I do think that salutogenesis goes a little further than holistic because it really requires the practitioner to remove a lot of what might be conscious biases or cognitive biases. So we have to really, we as practitioners have to really be um, in our own <laughs> sort of um, what's the word like nervous system. We have to have nervous system flexibility. Nice. And we okay. have to, to also understand like, not everybody thinks like I do. So I can choose, I can absolutely choose to specifically work with this type of person or, or people who behave and believe and, and act in these ways. I also know that I'm not always going to encounter that. Right. And on that, on that token, those encounters with people who might be challenging, they're helping us achieve more nervous system flexibility, right? <laughs> because we yeah, have to- And broadening our worldviews, yeah. And practicing compassion and empathy, yeah. yeah. Okay. So can we talk to, now that we've identified and given examples of pathogenesis and salutogenesis and how it's, it goes further than holistic approach cognitive bias mm -hmm. can we go there and have that conversation of what is that and why would we want to be aware of that what does it look like when we're not aware of it yeah um so I mean there's not just one specific cognitive bias I mean there's so many of them <laughs> right um there's different types you know there's we've got confirmation bias for example that that's a um one you know and, and we're again some of these things are unconscious we don't always recognize that we're doing them some things are definitely cognitive and and that maybe stems from how we grew up I mean there's a, a myriad of factors where where these things come from um so I'm not here to say that like any of this is bad right it just is what it is and the the key here is recognizing when it's happening um so when we are enacting in, in a bias, let's just say, um, we typically tend to, that, that really colors how we interact with people, right? Like I was saying, confirmation bias, for example, like we're only looking for the things that confirm what we already believe. So when we run into something that maybe disconfirms that or is different from what we believe, then it's like, <gasps> Right. And, and, and as well, you know, like I've, I've been studying cults for a hot minute and I love that so much, but that is like, uh, a, 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 that, that is literally, um, something that you see in cults as well. Right. The descent is bad. So it is this bubble or it's nothing. And if you hear the dissenting opinion or the differing opinion, like cover your ears, then you know? Um, and so we have a harder time sometimes 
and being able to navigate those situations wherein there is this difference or there is this kind of like, oh, we don't quite see eye to eye. And this is a whole other topic of conversation, but agreement and understanding are two different things and they're not necessarily like, I don't, I don't need agreement in order to understand you. I can understand you and disagree with you um, and still be civil and treat you like a human being and have that be okay. And still be family and friends with right. one another, yeah. if that is the case. Yeah, I don't have to agree with what my friend shares. There is still the ability for me to have compassion and respect and what you're saying to have nervous system flexibility to be willing to broaden my worldviews right and to hold space for the other's opinion yeah and so it's it's when we get dogmatic about it that we're really like operating in those biases right we're we're threatened in some way because this is this goes against what i believe what my morals are, what my ideology is, which ideology informs our morals, um, what my values are. And, you know, and I think that dehumanizing people who believe different or, or behave different or make different choices than, than we do, um, and, and stepping into this like moral superiority, like that's not the answer either <laughs> like at all. That's not how we help people grow. Uh-uh. So my question is, and this is, this is also, by the way, a big topic of conversation that we have inside of the Minecrafting yeah. certification course inside of Tapu. Um, so if we're identifying that we have biases, whether we're hopping on someone else's bandwagon or um, feeling judged because we have different values than another, or we see someone else as being wrong because that's not how we were taught or whatever it is, whatever your bias might be, if we recognize that we've, if we recognize that we're operating from those biases, what do we do? How can we expand our worldview? How can we be even just simply a little bit more self-aware of that? Yeah. So if we're not bad and they're not bad. How do we be not necessarily neutral on that? Because we don't want to like, I don't know, we don't want to not validate our values. Like what we believe is still very important. Yeah. And I want to hold on to that. And how do I also leave space for the other um detachment I think is a good way I didn't expect that answer to come up first but um (laughs) but but it's true because I think that like we can absolutely feel like what our beliefs and our values and our morals are are important they're important to us they're you know a, a big part of our our foundation um, as people, um, and by not standing in this place of like self-righteousness, this is the only way to think the only way to be, or believe, um, helps us to, to develop more of that flexibility, but also curiosity, right? 
why do you believe what you believe? And, yeah. and having a genuinely curious attitude versus like, well, why do you believe that? You know, <laughs> like, and also why do I believe that? So for example, if I, I'm going to bring up a, a personal example. When my wife and I were engaged, we were thinking about how our wedding would look like, right? Like would we be the two brides who walk up the aisle with our parents on either side in white dresses? Like, what if that was a thing? First of all, when I was growing up imagining my wedding day, I didn't think that it was possible to have a bride. Like that wasn't even a thing, right? Or a wife. I I thought that I'd be walking up in my white dress. And that was something that I believe society had taught me to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, when same-sex marriage became legal in New Zealand, where we live, and this was a possibility now, we questioned everything. We're like, so why would I think that it's important to wear a white dress? Is that actually a belief that I, or a value that I hold? And can I question that for a moment? Can I be curious about whether that's still a value that lands well within me and for my future wife? We did decide to walk up the aisle in white dresses, by the way. We went dress shopping together. You don't get to do that with your husband, do you? Or your future husband. <laughs> so. It's asking ourselves the questions of why is it that I hold on to this value anyway? And asking, oh, I wonder why that person has that value as well. Yeah. It's a beautiful opportunity to get curious and either fortify our own beliefs and values and what's right for us at the same time as expand our capacity to understand and have compassion and respect for the other especially when that's polarizing absolutely absolutely and you know I like that's a it's important to to look at it I think from that perspective um because I, I, I mean, we, we see a lot of things on social media and people calling other people out and it's like, I'm not fucking here to call anybody out. Like I'm not the accountability police. None of us are. And like, that's not the point. The point is to help people be like, support them in being able to identify the things that maybe don't sit right or to support them in advocating for themselves or looking for, you know, the type of, um, support in whatever way that they need, whether it's a coach or a therapist or whatever. So, so I I just, I think it's silly. Um, and (laughs) be like, I'm going to call all these people out. And like, now you have to explain yourself. Like we're fucking adults. Come on. Like, like, let's get solution focused. Right, right. And again, like, isn't that a little bit of pathogenesis as well of like, well, there's only this one way and now you need to explain yourself and you have to explain yourself to me and like, well, who died and made you judge, jury and execution? So, so I think it's just like, let's, the problem is always going to be the problem regardless of what the problem is so now that we recognize it maybe let's focus our efforts on creating solutions that are genuinely solutions to the problem yeah yeah with the the future in mind 
<laughs> yeah, with the future in mind, knowing yeah. that we still have to coexist on earth with people who might have a completely polarizing view to what we do in the world and world events and politics, education system, like parenting, like name all the things. By the way, what if we disagree over here, but we agree over here? Like, is there a ground in which we can see each other in? Right. And possibly connect with, like, what if there's another way? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, that's key, isn't it? Right. If variety is the spice of life, why are we trying to make everything so homogenous? Like we don't need to agree a hundred percent of the time. I feel like that's fucking boring. I don't want an echo chamber. I want to be able to have conversations where we get to talk about why you believe that and why I believe that and, and, and learn from each other. And, oh, you know what, Vicky, like, I never thought about that perspective. That's a really good point. Like, that's how we learn. That's that's how we understand. So I just, I think that, um, that, you know, call out culture, cancel culture, all this stuff is, I mean, to me, it's such a waste of time, right? We could be doing far more constructive things. And I get it. I, I, I mean, I, I, I do, I understand that where it's coming from and, and, you know, like sometimes our good intentions, we can have the best of intentions and still not necessarily behave in a way that is congruent or in integrity with those yeah. because of the cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Right. And because every day we're we're experiencing ourselves in a whole different way, or maybe ways in which we've experienced what I'm trying to get at is we are human. I'm still going to have days where I am hopping on the bandwagon. Sure. And looking through my day through the lens of I'm broken. What is wrong with me? And then try to create a quick fix around that so that it doesn't feel painful. And other days I'll have the courage to be, I'm whole and complete yet I'm experiencing this. And with a solution future focused questioning, I can look at that and say, accepting I'm feeling this. I'm experiencing myself as ostracized from that conversation, not wanting to buy into that. Who am I in amongst all of this? Like, what if I had those real courageous days where I stand in my power and I'm like, actually, this is my center mm-hmm. and I'm safe here. Yeah. And I'm not getting rattled today because I have my own world to be working with. Yeah. Or enjoying or accepting hopefully not feeling like I'm having to heal it right because then I'm going back into pathogenesis where I think I'm broken like right the the never-ending hamster wheel of Mm -hmm. self-improvement and blah 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 every day minute (laughs) by minute yeah right right (laughs) and and I think that's a good point because that's a good way to recognize number one when we are um behaving from maybe a bias whether cognitive or unconscious, whatever it may be, um, or even a belief system, right? I mean, because it's not it's not just our biases that that 
shape our behavior. But then we can say, huh, okay, interesting data. What did I do this time? What do I want to do next time? How can I, and I know, I know that there's some uh, discord around what I'm about to say, but how can I put myself in situations and trust myself to know when enough is enough, but how can I put myself into situations where I can have an opportunity to behave differently? Mm-hmm. because we can't do differently if we're avoiding right same with with trauma with ptsd right like we don't heal our nervous system by avoiding the things that dysregulate us i mean that's that's i know i know that like not everybody wants to hear that but it's it's literally true um therapists don't don't you know work with people on their trauma by avoiding the trauma, right? You have to dig into it and little bits at a time, right? And, and recognizing where your threshold is or where your limits are. And, and, but again, recognizing where the opportunities are, where you can say, mm, this is where I can do something different. Mm-hmm. Cause if it doesn't feel good, then there's going to be that spark of I don't know, inspiration within you. We talked about this on the last episode of I knew that change needed to occur and that change was occurring because I felt so dark inside. Mm-hmm. Yet there was that pilot light within me that sparked inspiration and gave me the indicator that I can make changes from here because yeah. I've now recognized what doesn't feel good. Yeah. So even though it takes a lot of courage to put ourselves in circumstances and some days we're just not up for it. Like I know some days I'm not going to go to the supermarket grocery store today because I don't feel as strong as what I could tomorrow when it comes to my um, my social anxiety. There you go, I just named it. When it comes <laughs> to social anxiety, there are just some days when I know actually staying at home and just being within my close proximity is is good for me right now so we pick we consciously select the experiences that we know will challenge us for the purpose of what is it creating flexibility not only with our nervous system but also within boundaries it's like how far can I go into having a conversation with someone and just go to that comfort edge or maybe, I don't know, get a little bit vulnerable with that person maybe for the, for the hope that it's going to connect me to the other. Right. Like being willing to take that risk to be vulnerable, to connect. Because in this circumstance, in this example that I'm sharing, it's more worthwhile for me to connect and have that experience than it is to avoid social anxiety mm-hmm. and stay at home as a hermit, not huh. having any relationships or any encounters that help me to experience myself through the other. Right. Ooh. So flexibility, curiosity, there's a lot of resilience required here to recognize how resilient we actually are. It takes courage, it takes self-awareness compassion empathy 
Yeah. And I this mean, is how we'd be in the world to a, to a greater degree, right? Sorry for interrupting. Carry on. No, no. I mean, it, it also like we, what we might need to step onto that neutrality space as well, you know, in order to like reach a place of um, empathy or compassion. So neutrality, I think is also a key ingredient and it doesn't mean, right. And I think to, to clarify, and I, I know I've said this before, but neutrality doesn't mean like the absence of feelings or, or, you know, having an opinion on something or whatever. It just means like, I'm just going to be in this like space of observation, um, and, and just noticing the things versus, you know, reacting or responding to this thing or that thing. Um, and so we, we can build, from neutrality, we can build from tolerance into that place of compassion because we might not experience compassion or, or empathy right away around certain things. But again, coming back to this salutogenic approach, like that's what it's going to help us do is to build on what exists. So the ultimate reason why we would possibly want to take a solidogenic approach is so that we ourselves can thrive mm-hmm. in a world that we support the thriving of. We can also contribute to the conditions that help others to thrive. Right. That's the whole fucking reason for mm-hmm. all of this. This is why it's so damn important, right? Yes. Ultimately. Ultimately, yeah. That was a cool little summary. Feel like tied the bow on the conversation um insane that we are interested in having the conversations Mm -hmm. and knowing that in this moment we're inviting the other our audience members to share and and share perspective comment throw your reactions or your responses out into the ether so that we can neutrally observe it and and see what we would like to do with that information it's like interesting data (laughs) we would love for you literally to share with us the interesting data I hope that each and every one of you accept this invitation to some degree whether it's chatting to us Uh, expanding your awareness being curious about your own values being courageous enough to consider where the other is coming from to to see your life if not today then maybe this week this next coming year through the lens of salutogenesis so until next time thank you for tuning in with this with us as always it is our pleasure to be having these conversations And we will look forward to um, sharing the next episode and what that might be. Ooh, what would that be? Write in some questions and some requests for topics and we will uh, work from that. That sounds like fun. Yeah, Yeah. that's exciting. Bye, everybody. Bye.